What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Welcome, welcome. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Colts Cast and on Instagram at Colts Cast, just without the the. Very easy. Not only will you see new episodes posted on there, but you will see updates from us, polls we run, exciting highlight videos, and anything in between. Again, that's at the Colts Cast on Twitter and at Colts Cast on Instagram. Jamal. Yo. We getting closer and closer to the NFL season. Hey. Itching. Itching. Are you ready to get into some Indianapolis Colts content? Hey, man. We are less than seven days away from training camp. You better believe I'm ready. Let's get it. On today's episode, we will discuss the three Colts players named in a Top 50 article and also talk some T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. Training camp is officially here if we're counting the rookies reporting, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so at least for the rookies, it's officially here. We are absolutely going to be diving into some training camp content on the next episode. But for now, let's talk about the top 50 NFL players currently. Sam Monson, once again, of PFF, released an article titled PFF 50, the 50 best players in the NFL right now. So as stated, this is a list of the 50 best players in the NFL entering the 2022 season. No single number or grade dictates this list, but the grading along with PFF's wins above replacement metric has been used as a foundation while waiting toward the most recent season. So the war metric. Usually you see this in baseball. So in baseball, a player's war value is claimed to be the number of additional wins his team has achieved above the number of expected team wins if that player were substituted with a replacement level player a player who may be added to the team for minimal costs and effort. PFF's calculation for this is a little similar, but essentially it's just calculating how much you contribute to your team's wins. Jamal, shall we go over the list? Let's get into it. Who pops out to you and which three Colts players made it? You know, the first one that pops out to me, I should say my biggest one that pops out to me is Big Q. Because I like his ranking. There's somebody in front of him. And I'll get over I'll go over that in a minute. <laughs> but I like his ranking overall. Some of my other guys, I'm a little skeptical. We'll get into them. But Big Q, how about you? Oh, I, I kind of like this list. I don't like where they put one of the Colts players. But yeah. we'll get into that. Oh, Let's yeah. just talk about the three Colts players. So the okay. three are going to be Quentin Nelson, Jonathan Taylor, and Darius Leonard. That's what made the list for the top 50 players in the NFL currently. Let's read what they said about him. Coming in at number 11, we got Quentin Nelson. Nelson has much talent as any offensive lineman in the game, but we didn't see a fully healthy version of him in 2021. At his best, he is a unique force in the running game and a very high-level pass blocker, but he needs to bounce back in 2022 now that he is back to full health. Well, let's just do it individually, Jamal. Let's let's okay. talk Quinn Nelson. He's number eleven. There is a higher guard than him, mm-hmm. Zach Martin at nine. Um, 
mostly the other players. I mean, we got Aaron Donald, Trent Williams, a lot of quarterbacks, Devontae Adams, uh, TJ Watt, you know, defensive player of the year. Had You do like where Ken, uh, Quinn Nelson is at number 11? At number 11, I do like it. I mean, I, I think he's definitely worth he's worth every bit of that 11, um, especially for, for a guard. You know, when we look at these linemen, of course, I expect the D lineman to be in there, this interior lineman or the defensive ends like those Aaron Donalds, those TJ Watts. But it's kind of nice to see that they're showing some love to the interior lineman um, with both himself at number 11 and then uh, Zach Martin at number nine. But that's kind of where my liking stop <laughs> because we put Zach Martin above him. And and I and honestly, I could talk about this all day, bro. Like it, it, When it comes to these two, both Notre Dame alums, uh, Zach Martin's a little older. He's 31, but, you know, uh, and Quentin Nelson's age 27. But when they're both at both Notre Dame, both were two top Notre Dame linemen ever uh, while they were there. It's just kind of going now some accolades for Big Q, three-time first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, all-rookie team. In my humble opinion, when you ask me if he's the best guard in football, I say yes. And I and as the and as the list talked about, they put him at number eleven because he had kind of a a, a sus year last year. Of course, we know he was out uh, for a decent amount last year. Injuries had the high ankle sprain, missed three games, had a back injury, knee injury, toe, and had COVID. So there are a lot of things. That, but with all that, he was still elected to the Pro Bowl. I just want to throw that out there. So even with all that, he still was elected to the Pro Bowl. He didn't play because of injury, but he was still elected. Um, so he only had 767 snaps last season, five penalties, only allowed one sack. And this was his lowest grade ranking, a 69.1. Um, again, how long had he been really playing with that ankle injury, that high ankle sprain? He missed three games on it. Guarantee it was hurting him a little before, you know, that he, he actually went out. So I know that. If we were to do over the past five years, I should say I feel like over the past five years, I will rank him or four years. He hasn't been in the league that long. Um, I will rank him above Zach Martin, in my personal opinion. And when I think about Quentin Nelson, man, just a generational guard. We took him first round, number six. There are other teams who are thinking about, they were like, oh, like the Broncos are saying, oh, should we even mess with him? The Bears saying, should we even mess with him? Man, we got us a generational guard that from day one has been that guy. And Eric, I don't know if you know this, man, but guess how many sacks he's allowed over the past four seasons? I don't know. Tell me. Four. Woo. Woo. 2,365 snaps and only four sacks, bro. Pass snaps. Pass snaps. That's wild. God. That's wild. He's built like we, that? Man, different. And yeah. we know he's about to get paid at the end of this season. We know he's going to get paid at the end of this season. Absolutely. And might, might even be before. We'll yeah, we'll exactly. you're right. You're we right. Know. It's not a matter of if, <laughs> it's a matter of when. Exactly. Run that bag. So I love that Quentin Nelson is in that 11 spot. But I got to pay some respect to Zach Martin. I mean, he had one of his best years as as a, um, as um since he's been in the league with the Cowboys. High power offense. We know they're the number one scoring offense, averaging most yards. Uh, but, you know, Zach Martin, five-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler on the NFL 2010 All-Decades team. 
Uh, last year was his highest grade, 93.9 overall grade. Played just over 1,100 snaps, only allowed one sack, had two penalties. So I'm not going to sit here, you know, and, and and say that Zach didn't earn his ranking there because he's a dog, you know. It's, it's clear as day. Uh, I just think that had Big Q not been injured, I think there's a potential that we have those two flip-flopped because I don't know what Quentin Nelson's overall score would have been had he not missed those three games. No, I should say four games because he would have had to miss that COVID as well. Uh, missed those three games for the injury, the COVID game, um, and just, you know, overall shaky season. But that's just my take on Big Q. How you feel about him? We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team, came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. You ain't wrong, man. Zach Barton is a beast. And that Cowboys offensive line, along with uh, Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith, Connor Williams, they were, they, oh my God, that was Probably, arguably, the best offensive line in football. And they still couldn't get it done. The little Cowboys. They still couldn't get it done with probably the off- best offensive <laughs> line in football. Which, crazy. yeah, I, I think is, you know, crazy. But, you know, asking me that question, is he the best guard in football? I would say probably. You know, he didn't have the best year last year. I think Zach Martin, even Joel Batini, uh, Batonio had better seasons mm-hmm. you know, in 2021. It all starts with being healthy. If you're not healthy, you can't perform at your highest level. Let's give him a break, you know. I think that's what they did, putting him at 11. Because uh, 2021 was the first year he missed a game, I believe. Mm-hmm. He was still good last year, just like you said. Made the yeah. Pro Bowl. That's not easy. Like, I know we, a lot of people don't watch the Pro Bowl. They're just like, ah, they don't really play. But being elected to the Pro Bowl is a big thing. Most players don't get elected to the Pro Bowl. So... And also, there's just nothing to suggest he won't return to the 2022 season full strength and ready to go. So, like you just said, Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard, do what you got to do to pay the man. Run that bag up on him, man. He deserves it. He earned it. All right. How how do you feel about JT? I know he was ranked uh, 21st overall on this list. Yeah. Coming in on number 21, they, they they stated Taylor led the league in rushing in 2021 and was a perfect example of how much running backs can still matter in the NFL. The Colts' offensive line blocked well for him, but he also led the league in rushing yards above expectation, maximizing that blocking for bigger gains better than his peers. Taylor averaged 3.8 yards after contact and posted a league-leading 23 runs of 15 or more yards. Jeez. So. Do we think he should be higher? Because there is one big boy that is ahead mm-hmm. of him. That is ahead of him at number mm-hmm. 16. So I think like they said, they, they did say there was a lot of waiting toward the most recent season. So Derrick Henry got hurt. But I guess they still thought, you know, 
He's still better than JT. This is the person who I think should be a little higher. JT had a remarkable season with the numbers he put up. And I understand, uh, I think he should be higher, but running backs, they aren't valued as highly as other positions in the NFL. It's a passing league currently. Some people think they're replaceable. Some people think running backs kind of worthless. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Now, just on the offensive side of the ball, the average running back contract is in the bottom half. It just is. It. I think they're competing with tight ends and guard contracts as, as the lowest on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball because quarterbacks, wide receivers, tackles, they, they get paid the big bucks. Um, but I believe when the Colts do win the Super Bowl this year <laughs> with like Jonathan it. Taylor averaging six yards per carry, then the running back position will once again be under that microscope. People will be saying, huh, maybe running backs do really matter. But then still, you know, we had the best running back in the league, in my opinion, and we still didn't make the playoffs. So that's a problem. That's why he's probably outside the top 20. I think also they're they're just using Derrick Henry's smaller sample size and they're projecting it, you know, from what he did in the seven or nine games he played. And he's saying, oh, we're speculating, probably going to be better than JT. So should he be higher? Yes, in my opinion. But I understand why Derrick Henry got there. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with what you just said. I, I, I definitely think the small sample size is one that will always be used, especially in that because he was on an upward trajectory. Um, so I I understand why they did what they did. I, w- I would have liked to see JT higher uh, for sure, at, at least you know in that top 20. But... It's 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 tough when, like you say, you don't make the playoffs. It's hard. So I think everything you said was very fair. I, I like JT. I wish he was a little higher. Uh, I'll be curious to see what's going to happen this year. I don't know if Derrick Henry's going to come back full-fledged, but I know one thing. JT's about to come out like a bat out of hell. So I'm ready to see him take over and uh, and prove this list wrong. Absolutely. So now we scroll a little further down. And I mean about 22 spots down. We find good old Darius Leonard, the maniac. Mm. And I quote, Few players have Leonard's nose for the football and his ability to perfect the peanut punch style of forcing fumbles at linebacker has made him a major problem for offenses to deal with on any given play. He generated a ridiculous seven forced fumbles last season along with four interceptions. Yep, they're, they're, they are not wrong right there. He does generate turnovers. He is a turnover machine. Jamal, tell me about mm-hmm. Darius Leonard. What do you think about him at 43? Should he be higher, lower, just right? Man, you know you know, I got to put him higher. And there's two, there's two reasons why I got to put him higher. One, Micah Parsons. Two, Fred Warner. Ooh. Talk to him. I understand. I understand. Micah Parsons came out, had a great year. We're going to go over his stat, the, the comparison of stats in a minute. But I'm tired of seeing this Fred Warner stuff, bro. <laughs> when I look at Fred's stats, he <laughs> played two more games than, than Leonard and still was behind him. Ooh. And still was behind him. Oh, okay, what was Fred he behind Fred played him? 19 games. 
Leonard played 17. So Fred did lead, uh, Warner did lead in tackles. He had 79 versus versus Leonard 75. So four tackles difference there. But pass defended D Leonard eight, Warner four, interceptions Leonard four, Warner zero, forced fumble or no fumbles recovered, whatever three to Warner two to Leonard, but forced fumbles eight to Leonard one to Warner. Mm-hmm. And and Leonard played more snaps. Him, you know, he did play a thousand, just over a thousand snaps. Leonard uh, Warner played nine seventy two, uh, nine seventy eight. But bro, these numbers, and I look at this, I just don't understand what the hype. I'm not saying that Warner isn't a good linebacker. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that people are riding him like a bus route, man. And I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get because the numbers don't lie. They just don't lie. It's how how do you argue with hard evidence? No one woke up this morning and said, "Hey man, I feel like Fred Warner is better than Darius Leonard." I can do this all day. The numbers say that Leonard is better than Warner, and people are still like, "Nah, bro, yeah, you can't even compare the two. It ain't, bro." I saw there was a pic, there was a a, a photo. I forgot who posted. I wish I would have taken screenshots so I could show you, but it literally said. Is Fred Warner the number one linebacker? And at the bottom of the picture, it had number two linebacker at it. So why are you asking this question if it's already written on paper that he's the number two? Why are we still having this argument? And then we go to Micah Parsons. Tell him. Leonard, 75 tackles. Parsons, 64. Parsons, 13 sacks. I can't say nothing about that. 13 sacks to Leonard's zero. That's wild. Parsons is out there balling. I'll give him that. But again, pass defended. Eight Leonard. Zero or three Parsons. Interceptions. Four Leonard. Zero Parsons. Four, uh, four fumbles. Eight Leonard. Three Parsons. Bruh. All I'm saying is, is Leonard again. And it, this is not the first season where he's come out and been like a turnover machine. It's happened more than once, and I think that it's just something where it's it's just they're not respecting him the way he should, and I don't know why, because this dude comes out there, he gets the ball almost every play, whether it's an assist or whether he's making the actual tackle. He's busting his butt. He's trying to find a way to make the team better because we don't play the same way when he's not on the field. We all know that. We don't play the same way. Dude is a captain. He leads the squad, and every time we turn around, it's only the Colts community who's like the maniac is in the building. Everybody else riding the Cowboys who ain't going to make it out of their division. They can get to the playoffs and lose. Again, we didn't make it out of our <laughs> division either. But the Cowboys is too too high powered of a team. We didn't boys. They can't do it. Fred Warner, the, 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 the 49ers were, what, one game away from the Super Bowl? So I'll give them that. But that wasn't all Fred Warner out there that game. I guess all I'm saying is I'm just tired of people not putting any kind of respect. And I'm not necessarily, you know, I, my humble opinion, yes, Leonard needs to be ranked higher than both of them. But you can't have a big discrepancy as far as they do having Leonard that far down. Let me let me take a look here. We had Leonard at 43, and then we have we have Parsons at 29 and Warner at 30. So there's a 13 13 player difference between the two of them or between these three people. I don't get that. 
when the numbers say otherwise. So I just I just have a hard time every time I see this pop up, just see a picture of Fred Warner's face and have to think to myself, what did this dude do to just be that guy over Darius Leonard? I don't know, bro. I don't know. Maybe maybe you can talk some sense to me. I'll, I'll, I'll try to answer that for you. So, one, a lot of people view forced fumbles as a luck stat. You know, did he really force it? Did he just tackle him and the receiver, the running back? Did they just drop it? You know, did they just drop it mm-hmm. after getting tackled. So, okay. a, lo- a lot of people see that as a luck stat. But I, I agree. I mean, Darius Leonard is doing it at a higher rate than most people like it it doesn't seem like just a fluke every year yeah and so can i can i ask you one thing about that so in in the article they mentioned the peanut punch if anybody who's gone and watched any of leonard's games you will watch his eyes stare at the ball he balls a fist and punches the ball he doesn't wrap around and just sling somebody to the ground right you can watch him physically look at the ball in slow motion take a fist and punch the ball out so I, I understand that force almost for a lot of people could be luck, but the force in that is from him punching the ball and them dudes is fumbling it. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I Jamal, <laughs> I hear you. Hey, I, we may need to add a video. We may need to add a clip to Twitter for us so for the world to see. We can do that. And two, the second reason would be pass coverage. So mm. you know I Darius Leonard does get disrespected. It seems by it seems like PFF does it a lot. So I don't know if Darius Leonard just must have taken one of the writers' girls at some point. <laughs> but it, it it does seem like Darius Leonard does get disrespected. But like I said, pass coverage. I think Fred Warner is mm-hmm. higher because of that. Uh, they value pass coverage, you know, because pass pass heavy league, pass first league. So he's he's. Technically, I, I would say Warner objectively is better in pass coverage than Darius Leonard. Just just because Darius Leonard is is primarily on re- run defense, like that's what he does, that's um, and that's deemed more important than run defense. Simple as that. I still think Darius Leonard is better than Fred Warner, but that that would be one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons, on the other hand, I will say he's yo he higher than. I'm okay with him being higher than Darius Leonard. He's the best defensive player for the Cowboys as a rookie. Yo, yeah. <laughs> great in That was a crazy rookie campaign. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's great in pass coverage. He only allows 61% of passes completed and 7.3 yards per completion. That's really good. Uh second in the league in quarterback knockdown. Second in the entire league with 17, six in sacks with 13, like you just said. Amazing in pass rush. I yeah. mean, this man is 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 crazy. I saw he had a, a you know a little higher missed tackle rate. I mean, if he fixes that, I mean, he's making more tackles. Like, whew. Cowboys uncovering a Jim and Parsons. Props to him. Again, Leonard's specialty it, it's run. It, it's stopping the run. It's run defense, and he's the best at that. He's the best linebacker at that. Also, a turnover machine has a knack for forcing fumbles. He doesn't get used in pass rush like that. It's, I mean, that's why he doesn't. What he had one sack, zero sacks. Yeah, yeah. We don't send him. Uh, yeah, zero sacks. We, yeah. we don't send him out to the quarterback. I mean, we just don't. Which PFF is going to notice and devalue mm-hmm. him. That that's what I think. But Parsons is different. 
I mean, <laughs> I really need to see if he stays on course on what he achieved last year to make a firm decision. But I mean, yeah, man, finished. And I, I, he finished second in NFL <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year voting. Hard to say, bro. That's wild. Yeah, as a rookie. Like, yeah, yeah. No, and I ain't arguing that. So if that's the case, then I'm fine with Parsons where he is in that list. I just don't. I just don't want there to be as big as a discrepancy for the. I guess for pass defense to be the biggest discrepancy to drop thirteen places. I don't know. I I, I guess I'm just a little biased uh, towards it. No, not, I, not. I'm talking about Warner. Yo, I hear not, you. Not Parsons. Yeah, I hear you. I, you know, any list ain't gonna be perfect. We're not going to dwell on it too long, but oh, for sure, yeah, oh yeah, Fred Warner, come on, man, you're below Darius Leonard. Let's be honest, <laughs> Jamal. What what's going on with Ty Hilton? What what happened? Hey, word around the water cooler, video circulating that Ty's banner has come down off Lucas Oil mm-hmm. or been replaced with the Big Ten banner up there, Eric. Could this be the end of the run? What, what What do you think? What do you think? So, at first I said, yeah, this is it. It's game over. <laughs> that man ain't coming back. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I overreacted. Um, so, I did see Kevin Bowen. He tweeted. So, when, when it was removed and there was speculation, like, yo, he done. He did tweet out Friday that, and I quote, Lucas Oil banner update. Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner in their normal spots. Quinn Nelson and free agent T.Y. Hilton taken down with Big Ten Media Days next week. So mm. I am under the impression that both of them said so it would be one thing if it was just T.Y. Hilton's banner taken down. Yeah. Quinn Nelson's banner was taken down as well. So I'm thinking they really did do that for the Big Ten media days next week. I don't think it was anything to say, ah, T.Y. Hilton, you're done. I think they, I mean, they, they selectively, they they chose those banners for a reason, and they'll, they'll put them back up, you know. Oh, yeah. And I, I like you pull that up, and I'm glad you pulled it up because, man, people have been losing their minds over it. They've been going crazy. And, and you know, when I first saw it, my initial thought was, like you said, oh, this could be the end of the run. Or it could be something where technically, technically T.Y. is not on the team. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to have a banner up there. You're not on the team anymore. You know, That's like, right. you haven't signed the contract. So, you know, if that were the case, then. It is what it is. And, and you know, honestly, once I started seeing T.Y. retweeting it, because, you know, he likes to have fun with the fans and stuff like that. When I saw that, I was like, all right, uh, you know, this there must be more to the story because in a perfect world, I think there would just be that much. And uh, the player wouldn't be coming out retweeting this stuff and kind of being like, I got the same questions y'all do. You know what I mean? Like, we know, again, we the one thing about Colts organization is they don't really do people dirty. And, you know, it's it's usually a mutual thing. So I like that there's been some clarification on that. And, I mean, what better that's facing the, the interstate? You know, DeForest and those guys there, they're facing the downtown. But that Big Ten banner is going to be facing the interstate. So I can see why they would put it on that side of the stadium. People driving through the city, they can see it from, you know, from a distance. So we get it. Wait, I, I, I can see why fans were 
speculating this could be it or they were reacting the same way as I was. They they love T.Y. Hilton, man. He's mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. going to go down as one of the wide receiver greats for the Colts. You know, ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how high, but he's 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 up there. But, bruh, I'm hearing rumblings of Julio Jones. That's all I'm going to say. Hey. hey. I'm, I'm hearing rumblings. So it's going to be hey. interesting what happens over the next couple of weeks. I hope I hope you're rumbling. Right, bro. Look, I hope so. A lot of y'all aren't Julio Jones fans, but even if he doesn't play like prime Julio, we do want a veteran wide receiver. Oh, in the locker room. Oh yeah, we'd love that. That's an instant upgrade. Instant upgrade. Yeah, valuable experience. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, everybody, remember, I know we're seeing that Darius Leonard is on the pup list. That's where we want him. We want him on the pup list going into training camp. So I know they're saying it. Relax, relax. We that's where we need him to be. He needs to be off the field. But Eric, I don't know if you heard. Guess who else is in the building though? Who? Kenny Moore. Where where he at? He's at train he's gonna be at training camp. He's gonna be in no, there. Even throughout I the I don't know that yet. Hey. It ain't it hey. ain't Wednesday. I, Listen, I'm just telling you what I read. Even though we still got some contract stuff going on, he can be in the building. So, all right, we'll see. <laughs> hey, I need my eyeballs to witness that first. <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> well, we talk about that. I would love for that to happen, but man, I've seen some crazy things in my life. Uh, it's true. That's going to be it for us, everyone. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast today. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back on Friday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Take care, everybody. See ya.